Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 24 of the Showbound Podcast presented by Axel Watches. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, once again joined by Ethan Cardwell. Cards, what's going on, man? No, much, Rask. Just hanging out. Another shutdown, but uh, the courses are open, as we mentioned last week, and, oh, yeah. and that's positive. So I was actually hitting some balls today, and then uh, I got into prison break, actually, the show. I know it's really old, and people have been watching it forever, but I'm hooked, man. I'm just about done season one. So if you've seen it, please don't spoil it, but uh, that's yeah. what I've been doing with my Dude, time I've, on you. I've seen it twice, so I'm fired up you're watching it. It's so Nasty good. show, eh? Oh, my God. It's so good. But, um, yeah, man, I've just been golfing a lot, too. I'm going to go golfing again tomorrow, and uh, the, the course that I normally go to near me has just opened up on the past Saturday. So I haven't been there yet, but I'm heading there tomorrow. So excited to keep my game improving. I'm actually trying so hard this year. So for when we play together for our golf match mm-hmm. coming up and I, I won't embarrass myself on video, but um, I should mention our, our guest this week. We got, we had like a double episode again. We got Cam Hillis and Declan Chisholm. So Hilly is a Montreal Canadiens pick. Chisholm is a, prospect of the winnipeg jets both of them playing in the ahl right now for their first year and their best friends from when they were kids so it was a funny funny interview they they were great to have on so that's an exciting one to look forward to but before we get there a bit of hockey news bit of ohl news actually so it was announced today it's tuesday right now that the memorial cup for this year has been canceled as well and uh obviously i mean it's no announcement coming from the ohl yet about if a season's gonna happen but i think this basically solidifies there's not going to be an ohl season do you agree with that yeah i know we've been talking about it for a while and i've been i know like the reality is it's look it doesn't look like we can um and with there being no memorial cup and kind of a timeline to get things done so next year can go smoothly it doesn't look great um everyone knows that it's no secret and i feel like that that announcement definitely hinders hinders the ohl a little bit more and uh just kind of takes the pressure off a little bit less to even have a season if they don't have to send anybody to have uh, represent at the Memorial Cup. But it's definitely unfortunate. No winner for the last two years now. And, um, I mean, we still have the reigning um, OHL champion on the podcast if, if this year doesn't happen as Hilly won it in, uh, in the last year that we were playing hockey. So, um, yep. but, but, yeah, no, like, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, it doesn't look good, but. You never know. We'll keep our fingers crossed and throw up a prayer. Yeah. Well, uh, we got some more hockey news too. NHL trade deadline week. And we're not going to, like we, we talked about it. We're not going to break down all the trades and stuff like that. We don't want to, I don't think anyone's coming to listen to showbound for, for the hockey news really. It's more the stories and the laughs and getting to know these prospects. So we just want to touch on though. Cause, cause I'm a Leafs fan and I know you're not a Leafs fan, but a lot of our listeners are, I mean, Nick Foligno coming to Toronto is a big one. And, now the Leafs have four former NHL captains on the team, so just a, a big one. You have any thoughts on that trade? Good, they got great leadership. Uh, it's undeniable now, and I, I feel like Felino's kind of past his prime from a uh, putting up numbers standpoint. But boy, oh boy, is he going to be a good third line fit? I think I think their top six is pretty solidified. Maybe he slides in there, maybe he doesn't, but net front on the power play, even just, just a presence out there and, and a guy who's physical, he brings leadership to the table and he's a guy you want on your team when you're going on a run. And it looks like this year, as we talked about with drags a while back, this year is the Leafs year with, with the way everything's worked out and, and it's looking like it more and more every day. Like they could uh, make a run at the cup here. And I know I'm not a huge fan of the Leafs, but it's always good to see them doing well as a local team here and uh, see the excitement built up around them. So my only hope is that we're out of uh, out of quarantining 
out of uh, lockdown while the Leafs are going on that run. So uh, there can be some laughs and celebrations, even if it's not at the arena, but uh, in a restaurant or with some family and friends, even how about you? Yeah. I mean, my brother was actually saying this to me the other day and I completely agree, but if the Leafs do end up winning the cup this year, <clears throat> which like isn't unreasonable, then uh, the like Ontario just better hope that everyone's vaccinated by that man, because there's no stopping people if the Leafs win. Like downtown Toronto is going to be crowded. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Like I won't be able to contain myself, that's for sure. But it's going to be insane. So I mean, from a government perspective, like they're rooting against the Leafs for sure, or they better speed up these vaccines. But man, I'm pretty fired up about it right now. Man, it's going to be a riot. It'll be like Vancouver and uh, 2011. <laughs> Imagine if, if they lose in the final. It's going to oh, be the worst. Then it'll be insane. But you know what? Uh, still a long ways to go, but definitely the way Marner and Matthews are rolling right now, it looks like they're pretty unstoppable. Yeah, what a duo they are. Almost as good as a duo we have coming up after I mentioned that support for the Showbound podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Big news, Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good too? Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Everyone knows Manscaped has a perfect package 3.0 for all your below-the-waist grooming needs, but they didn't stop there. Complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Calming and inviting, this signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of vetiver and a woodsy masculine finish. This 50 milliliter spray clone is even hyperallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. This beautifully designed glass bottle makes a statement and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood. Also, be sure to check out the Perfect Package 3.0 with all the essentials for your below-the-waist grooming needs, including the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer and crop formulations. Yes, I'm talking about ball deodorant and toner to keep your testes besties. And now you can use the new Manscaped Refined Cologne to complete your set and smell great anytime, anywhere. It's time to feel sexy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. Your balls and body will thank you. Once again, that's 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. Man, I, I can read, eh? Yeah, um, you had a tough time there. And for the listeners who know, Ross just wrapped it up with a look good, feel good. What was the last part there? Look good, feel good, what? Smell good. Smell good. And and you, going back to that look good part, I wanted to throw in quickly our, our sponsor, Axel Watches. Uh, they'll definitely help you look good too. And and Rask, what's our code there? The People can go yeah. check it out on axelwatch.com or whatever. 15% off, 15% off AX underscore showbound. And Axel Watches is about to take over. I just want to say like they are popping off in the hockey community. I know like some wrestlers and stuff are wearing them. I see it on the Axel Insta story. Like Axel is taking over. So get yours before you kind of miss out on the party. Like you want to be a trendsetter here, you better get Axel. Yeah, um, no note about that. Anyway, with that being said, let's uh, let's send it over to Hilly and Chiz. All right, today we got a double episode here, so uh, we'll start with Hilly. Welcome to the pod, Hilly. Thanks for having me on, boys. Yeah, and uh, and Chiz just checking in for the fans so they get to know your voice. Hey, pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, I mean, that kind of just 
kicks us off. So, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of reference who's talking just to kind of give the, the listeners on our audio version, kind of a idea of who's telling what stories and stuff. But uh, I guess we'll, we'll just go with Haley Chiz order for right now or something like that. So Haley, just how, how's the start of the season going? Or I guess like you're on the back half now um, in, in the AHL with Laval there. Yeah, it's been good. I mean, it's kind of a lot to expect uh, your first year going in the pro and um, you're just not really sure how it's going to go. And for me, it's been a different year with, with uh, a lot of bodies here, but uh, it's been a good year. I think I've, I think I've learned a lot so far here and um, it's been fun. I've, I've met a lot of great guys here and uh, it's been a good start so far. You guys just added, yeah, you guys have a nasty team. And then I know we, you and I were talking about it earlier on the phone too. And uh probably a lot of fans kind of just want to hear what is it like having like Caulfield there now and what kind of guys he like? Yeah, he's a great kid. I mean, he had a pretty good start to his season, two goals, a couple points his first couple games. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's shot. He's, he's lethal in that category and uh, he's, he's going to have a long career ahead of him. Yeah, definitely. And you're a playmaker. So maybe uh, see you guys and the Canadians in a few years, just feeding him all day. Wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, um, I guess we'll, we'll move it over to Chiz here now. And Chiz is with Manitoba, um, producing really well as a uh, rookie D in the A. I think we, we got 11 points in 24 games. That sound right, Chiz? Um, I actually don't know. I haven't checked. But I think something <laughs> That's like a that. lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, how's, it, how's it going? No, it's been great. I've been having a blast. Um, I was fortunate to come into Manitoba. A um, lot of young D here. Uh, the, the coaches really liked me. They're kind of giving the – Jets prospects more ice time over the guys just on AHL deals right now. So I was just getting a lot of opportunities. Um, I uh, was given power, like I'm given first power play minutes right now. I'm penalty killing, like I'm, I'm in every situation. So uh, it's really fortunate for me. I'm having a blast. A lot of the guys here are really good guys. So it's been a good year so far. Yeah. And you've, you've been busy like at home too. I know you're, you're a new father. Um, but for the listeners, he, he doesn't have a real kid. <laughs> he bought a dog. So, so how's that going? Uh, questionable. Um, we went in there kind of just under, we, Kate told me we were going to the Humane Society to see a dog. And the lady was like, okay, so are you ready to sign the papers? And I was like, what? We're doing this. And we end up just walking out there with uh, with Biggie now. So we got Biggie. He's about six months, and it's been a wild ride. I mean, he's been like chewing everything in the house, ripping apart toilet paper. But we've uh, we trained him pretty good so far. But he's got a long way to come. First has been in the works for a while, though. I think I remember you telling me like I've last always year, you guys were thinking about getting a dog, and then you FaceTime. Yeah. I could not believe it. I did not think it was going to be this soon, though. Like we got here and we just got him. So kind of. Yeah, you just snap your fingers, then all of a sudden you got a dog ruined in the house. And but yeah. no, you're you're learning. Uh, that's part of pro too. You're you're just learning how to be a father young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Starting the family young. Yeah, boy. So, but before we kind of bring it back and and go through your careers, while we're on the topic, um, you know, for both of you guys, it's kind of your first taste living on your own and and dealing with like kind of being a grown up. I think so. I guess. Hilly, can you just tell us, like, what's, what was it like, you know, learning to cook, like, doing stuff like that? Are you are you managing it okay? Yeah, geez, I haven't cooked much at all, I'll be honest. Like, I've been Uber Eats in most nights here. Like, I rely pretty heavily on my mom cooking for me at home. So, she sent me a, a bunch of meals over here, and I've just been kind of defrosting those and eating those. We're just, we're just eating out right now. One time, me and my my roommate, we made pasta and, like, garlic bread and the uh, – 
the fire alarm went off, so we <laughs> have to start with that so far. Oh man, what about uh, and Chiz with you? Like, I mean, I think your your girlfriend's there. Is that what you mentioned? Yeah, my girlfriend's been here now. So she like teaching you how to be mature. Yeah, I mean, she's always been trying to teach me that, but it's uh, it's a work in progress. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I did also rely on my parents a lot for cooking, but it it's now full adult mode um there's never any time in the day where i'm just kind of just chilling doing nothing it's either taking the dog out cooking meals going grocery shopping practicing i mean it doesn't stop now i, I really miss it all right well um yeah. let, let's take it back and i want to i oh, guess wait, we'll wait, before you get into it i mean and and Chiz is trying to find some time to do the worm in front of his teammates me and hillary <laughs> were talking about that what's this Chiz uh, was just going wild the other night, just ripping the worm for. Uh, yeah, oh, you gotta break out the dance moves every once in a while. <laughs> Show them what you got. Uh, send a message yeah. to your new squad. Let them know. Uh, it's a good party trick. Yeah, there you go. But Rask, I'll let you take it over again. Yeah. Um. Well, no, I wanted to take it into a little before we even get to the OHL. I know both of you guys had some big minor midget seasons, and uh, I guess we'll we'll start with Hilly again. Keep it in that order, but. Uh, you were an OHL Cup champ with the York Simcoe Express. What was that tournament like and kind of getting on a big stage? Like, how did that feel for you and, and kind of wrap up the season? How'd it go? Yeah, we had a we had a pretty good team that year. Like, I think at the start of the year, like, we picked up a few guys in the offseason and we were kind of, I'd say, ready to have a big year and maybe win a few tournaments. And, and we did that. We won the Silver Stick, the OMHAs, and then the OHL Cup to finish off, which was pretty special. I mean, uh, just playing that last game on Sportsnet, like I think that was probably our worst game of the year too. I'm not sure if you remember how it ended, but I was at the double- game actually. Oh yeah, we won in double <laughs> overtime, and like they'd blown the whistle, and the puck was like under his pad, like in the net, and it was just such a weird way to win, such a delayed reaction. But I don't know, we had a lot of we had a lot of good players in that team. I think we had like 13 or 14 draft picks to the OHL, and it was one of the most out of out of any minor hockey team there, and. Um, yeah, a lot of those guys I still talk to and uh, been good friends with me over the years. So, yeah, nothing but good things about that year. Yeah, that's unreal. And Chiz, you had a teammate of mine on that team or a teammate of yours who was one of – he was like my son kind of. I don't know how to explain it. Tyler Weiss, though. He was like okay. – yeah. I, I was like his dad when he was in that season. He was living with one of my teammates. Who who did you know he was living with there? He was living with Heisler. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, and yeah. – um. So Heiser's older brother was was on my hockey team, but so I like I don't know how, but Weiser just kind of came into my life, and I was like teaching him everything I know. It was it was fun, but great guy. So I was like cheering yeah. you guys on on Don Mills, and you know you had a couple big like double OT, triple OT wins or something to kind of keep you guys moving forward. But how was that experience, and and what did it like teach you heading into your first OHL season? Um, yeah, I mean that year we we had a great group. Um, I think. I still talk to a lot of the guys from that team. We got group chats that still go. Um, there, there's a lot of guys who kind of moved on. I think we also had like 13 guys drafted, so not a big deal, Hilly. <laughs> um, but no, and then we had a good coach too. Daniel Blockner was our coach, who's kind of a skills guy. Um, really helped you for like the next level, playing quick. And uh, it just worked out well. And um, I had a blast in G. I mean, I went, to, I went over to Heidi's house all the time and uh, had a great time there. But, um, yeah, I love that team. It was a good year. Yeah, and I, I might add, Rask, um, both these guys, so, like, they're both from my hometown. Like, we all live 
probably within 10, 15 minutes of each other. And they both, they both scummed the Clarington organization when they were young. Um, they had a great team too. Like they were gross and they were winning everything. And both like these two guys, their top players just go, all right, F it. We're out of here. Just absolutely sewer the organization. And then okay, let's, just, let's just clarify that. Like, I mean, I was pursuing an opportunity at, at St. Andrews college. It wasn't for the minor hockey purposes. So. Oh, I'm sure it was that I'm sure that's what it was. Yeah. I, I don't know. Honestly, I just left saying it was, uh, <laughs> I was just, I wanted to go play in Toronto and kind of just get some more experience and uh, more exposure out there. But I, I think either way, um, somehow I would have probably made it down the road with getting drafted to the O. I mean, I don't think it would have affected anything. There's guys getting drafted. I mean, cards, you got drafted out of there. Yeah. So Miracles. just, just got to buy your time and, battle it yeah. out as a, in Clarington as a Toro. But, uh, I mean, speaking about the draft and stuff there, Chiz, um, we'll kind of get into it here now, the OHL draft. Both of you guys' second-round picks. Chiz, you went to Peterborough, Hilly to Guelph, and both, like, historic organizations well-known around the OHL. So kind of just, like, how was that? Um, I guess we'll start with Chiz. I'm pretty sure you, you were the higher pick, right? Would you go 24? Yeah, I got him in the O draft, so that's what, all, yeah. that, that, that's what counts. Exactly. So, so what was that one like for you? Um, I uh, I think that year I was really hoping to go first round, and it was, there was like a lot of pressure. My whole family was there for we had like a draft party, and you're like you're just it's your first experience in a draft. You're like sweating. I mean, I was so nervous, and um, fortunately, Peter Rowe called my name. I wanted to be uh, drafted a close team, and they were the next closest, other than Oshawa. So I went to Peterborough and. I mean, I loved it. Those are, I'll remember all those years because I'll be friends with all the guys there forever. Um, it was a great organization. I have nothing but good things to say. They have uh, really changed the organization around lately. And um, yeah, they, I was really surprised to be going there, but at the same time, it was a really fortunate experience. Yeah, for sure. And then with you, Hilly, were you, were you committed before the draft? No, I didn't commit until my grade 11 year at SAC. Or yeah, yeah. Like the beginning of maybe it was grade ten summer. Okay, but, so yeah, you were drafted little, though, and then and then so like, what, what was that like? Were you you were you pumped or like you kind of thought you were going school route anyway? Yeah, it was a little different for me. I'd say just because, like growing up, I always kind of thought I was going the NCAA route. That's you know what my parents preach. What I was kind of growing up around being at SAC, a lot of guys move on and, and go play NCAA there. So. I mean, I, I kind of felt like I was gonna just going to stay my grade 11 year and play varsity hockey at St. Andrews. I mean, great exposure there, playing against the top prep schools in the States, like um, Shattuck, St. Mary's, Northwood, Culver, all those good schools. So I think that was my plan. And um, I mean, I started having a, a good year in, in my minor major year and it never really crossed my mind until the draft where, I mean, maybe maybe I would think about going, but I think it was more so just stay the course at SAC and then, uh, we'll see what happens and reevaluate after a year. Yeah, exactly. And then everyone obviously knows you did end up in O in the O and Raskin to touch on that a bit in a, in a few seconds here. But then for you going into your first year, Chiz, um, obviously a high pick, you're going to make the team and try to be an impact player in your first year. What was the adjustment period like for you uh, kind of just moving in Peterborough there and uh, seeing, seeing what the OHL was all about? Um, yeah. First year I walked in, it was um, we had a really old team. I think we had like three OA defensemen, a couple fourth year guys. I mean, there was a guy who was drafted second round, he was signed. So 
I wasn't going in expecting a play or anything right away. I went in there. Um, I was getting scratched most nights. Um, but when I did find my way in the lineup, I would just kind of keep it simple, play smart hockey, move the puck quick, just try to be out there for any goals because as soon as that happened, I was getting benched or just sat. Um, but back then, Peterborough, things things have changed. Um, Peterborough was kind of just – they relied on their old guys back then. And um, now it's kind of like you play for your ice time, which uh, I agree with. I don't think it's fair for young guys to come in if they're playing better to just be put behind the older guys just because they're older. But, um, yeah, that's how it went for most of my first year. It was kind of a grind. But then my second year, things turned around quick because uh, we lost a lot of older guys. Yeah, well, that, that's just interesting, though, Chiz, that you just mentioned it for – I mean, I think every junior player kind of goes through it no matter what team or level you – you pay your dues kind of, even at, at pro. I mean, obviously you guys are first year pro and, and seem to be fitting in, but it's just one of those, those hockey things. And maybe it's starting to trend away where it's like, if you're, if you're better, it doesn't matter your age, you'll play, but it's just an interesting thing that kind of a lot of people have to go through. But, and, and one thing that kind of ties into that with Rask is like, it's kind of the way the game's going like back then, like I, even when these guys came into the league, it was a tougher league. The OHL was a tougher league than it is now. Like it's pretty soft to be honest. And, and like nobody's throwing hits and stuff. So it back then, like even you go back a ton of years and it's always going to be the older guys playing because they're tougher and then they know how to play. But yeah, things are changing high skill game. And that's kind of what like Chiz would fit into. Like a, he's got the back tuck going out there. So it just looks like a little Euro defenseman buzzing around high skill guy. Oh yeah. Love the back tuck. Well, um, so, so Hilly, yeah, we, Karzi mentioned you were committed. It was Providence college, right? Yes. So, I mean, you said that's kind of been preached growing up and you make that commitment super exciting. Like obviously one of the top schools, but um, obviously you ended up deciding to go to the OHL. So what was the decision like and how did, how did your family take it? Like what was the whole process like for you? Yeah, it was, uh, it was very difficult, I'd say. I mean, like I said earlier, I think I, I decided with my parents and, and my agent that I'd kind of reevaluate after one year at SAC and I felt like I had a pretty standout year at St. Andrews and um, I was kind of ready to, to take the next step. And um, it was, there was a lot going into it. I mean, I think like at one point we'd like, we'd, we'd had a place out in Penticton and my mom was, was, was supposed to go live out there with me and uh, play the season there and then, and then head to Providence the following year. But um, I kind of changed my mind last minute and just had to change a heart and Guelph was uh as you know, is a, is a great organization. And uh, it was kind of like the perfect timing. Um, they kind of needed a, a young center to kind of step in and, and be a, a top guy there. And I felt like I could do that. And um, they just, they just made a ch- coaching change with George Burnett and he was the, the GM there, there, there as well. And um, I think it was just kind of timing and um, I was ready to take the next, next step. Like I said, and uh, things worked out for me. Yeah, and you go into that year, and it's your draft year. So you go in, and first year as a rookie, I think you were on the all second team all rookie, were you? First team, come on, give me some credit. Oh, <laughs> All right, my my bad, my bad. Um, I mean, I should have got on there this year if I was listed as a rookie, but uh, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but no, uh, you put up a point per game as a rookie, outstanding numbers, and get a lot of recognition. Top prospects game, and then ultimately being a third rounder to the. Montreal Canadiens. So what, what was that year like going into your first year in the OHL and just kind of being able to take over the league with, uh, with some high, high minutes per night? Yeah. At the start, it was, 
it was a little trouble at the start. I don't, I don't think I scored until my 13th game and I was, I was getting a little worried and um, then things just started to click for me. Uh, I was playing with some pretty good players, uh, Ratcliffe, Shinar, those kind of guys that have kind of moved on as well. And um, I think I was fortunate to just kind of stick with it and the numbers were, were coming and um, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself because it was the draft year and I wanted to go you know, as high as I could and kind of make a, make a staple for myself. And, uh, I ended up doing that and I mean super uh, super blessed and honored to be picked up by Montreal and it's where I am now and um, just uh, things kind of worked out and I just kind of kept rolling with it yeah and then I know you were you were at the draft Dallas both of you guys were there right and yeah. um, so Hilly what was your experience like on draft day there yeah, a lot of nerves I think uh, I mean everyone tells you just to enjoy it. it only comes around once so I did my best to just do that but uh, I wouldn't lie to you. I mean, there's, there was a lot of nerves. I mean, you didn't know what was going to happen, who was going to pick you, where you were going to go. But in hindsight, like, I mean, that can, that can attest this too. I mean, it doesn't really matter when you go. It's kind of, you know, who you get picked up by and um, what you go with after the draft. And the next few years are, are super important. So it's not really about you know, the place you go. It's it's uh, it's all about what happens after. Yeah, Definitely. And then we'll move it over to Chiz here and your draft, your Chiz. And you're a super offensive defenseman going into the OHL and stuff. And you didn't really even find your, like, your, like, stride maybe in, in getting points and stuff. Not necessarily in your draft year. It didn't come till your third year, I believe. But yeah. uh, obviously, Winnipeg saw the potential in you. Um, maybe a bit of a charity pick from Sneller's dad. But um, no, I'm kidding. But uh, so <laughs> what, what, was, what was, pardon? I knew that one was coming. Yeah, I know I had to throw it out there, but, uh, but yeah. So what, what was the draft year like for you? And then ultimately that draft day being there and then being selected by Winnipeg in the fifth round. Um, draft year, I think I had some injury trouble. I, uh, yeah, that year I did early on in the year. I think I separated my shoulder against Oshawa. And then later that year in January, I had a high ankle sprain on my left ankle. So I was out for like a full two months with that. So I, I feel like I didn't really get a like a solid chance to really showcase myself that year. Um, maybe that's why I dropped. I don't know. Um, but again, things worked out. So uh, it was almost like it was meant to happen. Um, went into draft day, uh, really nervous. Whole family, my entire family flew out to Dallas with me, aunts, uncles, and everything. Um, and basically sat there not knowing if I was going to get drafted because my agency was like, we don't know if you're going to draft it. We don't even know if you should come down to Dallas. And my family was just like, let's just go. Let's just take the risk. Why not? You only, you only live once and you only get this chance one time in your life. So uh, we went down there and waited until the fifth round. When I was think I was sweating profusely the entire time. Um, and then uh yeah sneller i looked down at sneller gave me a wink i'm just kidding wish but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i heard my name called and uh rest is history now and i'm down with manitoba yeah for yeah. sure and that, that worked out great both for both of you now with uh in the system and two great canadian organizations and i'll hand it over to you rask yeah well cheers that's actually a similar story to cards like what we had last week with damiani the draft like you know, like going and it was in Dallas and not knowing if you're going to get picked, not knowing whether you should go. So that like, mm. it's kind of just crazy. I couldn't even imagine how nervous he must've been, but what a relief that would be to hear yeah. your name called. And and just to be, like you said, getting picked to a Canadian market is pretty sick. Like everyone's going to know your name and 
um that that's awesome so um yeah i want to talk about that next year Haley. we'll start with you because that was the year you guys ended up going to the memorial cup and um guelph just balked up hard at the deadline guys like nick suzuki Dursey like coming in and um i guess what was the season like before we even get into the mem cup but like how did that go for you and you know after the trade deadline comes around and you bulk up what's going on in the locker room and how does that feel yeah i mean it was uh it was kind of an up and down year for me i mean i didn't have the season i really wanted i mean i had three major injuries uh tore my mcl uh broke my collarbone twice and then i mean i don't know if you know this but like i didn't actually play in, in the long run and uh that was yeah. tough but i mean it was we had an incredible team like we really did pick up some some huge pieces and I mean, I've never seen an ap- atmosphere like that in Guelph where the fans were just insane and uh, they were a big part and why we had so much so much success as well. But just the just the pieces we picked up and um, the chemistry we had in that locker room, I mean, um, it, was, it was something you don't really see too often. So it was a special group for sure. Yeah, and then me, Hilly actually got lucky though because he was out, so he got to spend a lot of time with me in the crowd. Because in the in the Western Conference final, we just sit there, have some popcorn, and just watch the games together and shoot the shit a bit. Yeah, a couple yeah. crazy tagging off in. Watching Ivan flip pucks at people. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. so what was that like mentally for you? Kind of coming off your draft year, and you're not playing, you got heart injuries, and um, missing out on like a, a, a historic run, <laughs> probably hanging out at Trappers a lot too. But how was that like mentally? How'd you handle it? Uh, honestly, I learned a lot about myself. I think like it was, it was almost like a blessing in disguise. Like I'd, I'd never really gone through that kind of adversity before. And mm-hmm. I mean, everyone goes through their fair share of adversity and, and that was mine that year for sure. But I don't know, I really picked up on, on mental training and, and reading and just kind of, learning to enhance my game that way. And I think a lot of people don't do that. And it's just so important for your game, but I think that was a blessing. I mean, it was, I mean, you obviously want to be on the ice and, and contributing and helping the team, but I tried to be there for the guys as much as I could just kind of being a voice for them. Um, but yeah, like I said, special group and tough year for me, but I think I, I learned a lot about myself in the long run. And I just got, kind of one more just with the mem cup i know you didn't play but going out of halifax like being on such a big stage can you just talk about what that felt like the media attention kind of just like a massive deal how was that for you yeah it was cool um i'm not sure why but i I got a few interviews there too and uh but the media the media was crazy like you said Uh, guys are getting interviewed left right and center and uh, just a it's a historic event right like with the memorial cup it's it's pretty cool to be at and experience and unfortunately we didn't get to, to take home the big prize but uh the ohl championship was pretty good that year and uh guys gained a lot of valuable experience from that run yeah and uh we'll send it over to chiz like cards kind of talked about it you found your offense this year heading into your third year after the draft like what was different about that was it just maybe the, the confidence after being drafted or did you do anything different that off season? Like what, what changed for you? Um, was that our first year at Gary's camp? Uh, no. The year no. Before. Oh yeah. Okay. We started the year before, Sorry. but I think the draft definitely did help um, a crazy amount. I mean, you got all that pressure just taken off your shoulders. Um, and then you got, and then you got the next two years kind of to worry about signing is the next big thing I find in hockey, there's always one thing you're looking forward to after the other. So it's, if it's not a tryout, it's, a, it's um, either getting drafted or signed or the next contract. Right. So um, 
that the pressure was gone there. And then went into that season full of confidence. Um, I think I was coming back as uh, one of the older defensemen on the team. So I was going to be relied on first power play, everything. So, and then, but then we ended up drafting, I think, Mer- or we ended up picking up Merkley. So he came and things kind of changed a bit. And um, I think my point production kind of went down a bit when he was there, but it wasn't anything like crazy. Um, but it was just an up and down season that year. Um, I don't even think we uh, made it out of the first round that year. That's, that, that's the year we lost to Oshawa. And it was just kind of a dramatic year in total for the Peets. It was just up and down. I think we went on like one of the longest losing streaks that year too. The boys were struggling. Yeah. You had a few points, so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I had my guy. Yeah, selfish, <laughs> selfishly, Chiz was like, I, I don't care that we're losing. I'm getting points. Um, I guess that kind of uh, wraps up the third year there. And then both of you guys, huge years here in our in like the year before last, um, your last years in the OHL for both of you. Hilly, you were named captain the, of Guelph, so kind of an honor there. And then to be able to go on and put up 83 points. Um, just talk about that year just quickly. I know we've been talking about a bunch of them, but yeah, just to touch on that, being the captain and just producing like that. Yeah, I know uh, I needed to have a big bounce back year from the previous year, so that was uh that was on my sights from the you know the second of the summer started and training and everything. But I uh, came back and um, you know I I know we I know we had a young team and I really wanted to to lead a young group and uh, we had a great year. I mean, unexpected because coming off a, a big championship win, uh, you're kind of expected to be in a rebuild mode. But uh, we had a lot of we had a lot of young guys, but a, a good core group with. Gogues and, and Gordy and, and Dozzy and um, we surprised a lot of teams I think we were at first in the West like just before trade deadline and um, a lot of guys were clicking um, getting points and, and, and having success so it was a it was a fun year and unfortunately it, it uh, came to an end because we did some damage in the playoffs yeah um, kind of yeah everyone's situation I mean you guys young team who knows you could have done some damage in the playoffs I know there was talks about you getting traded and whatnot but nothing kind of came through with that but uh yeah so good year overall there and then obviously leading you into the AHL but then for you Chiz this is kind of like a huge year for you um a lot of greasy secondaries to lead up to 69 and 59 (laughs) (laughs) just uh, a lot of points and a lot of apples and I mean you guys had such a great power play and you were you were a big part of that run in it um, so just like Peterborough, you guys were a great team. And then what, what was that season? Like, I know you were just like on fire all year. So, yeah, that was definitely my best junior year for sure. I mean, we waited four years to get that good. Um, I don't think there was a team in the OHL that would have taken us in the playoffs. Really? We were built, we were built for the playoffs. Our, our team was the biggest team in the league. We were, we were deep up front. Um, we had good, good OAs. On, on our D course. So, I mean, we were literally built for the playoffs. Our goaltending was amazing. Um, but yeah, that was definitely the, the most fun I've ever had in junior too. I mean, that group of guys was insane. We, we were so tight. We'd just go to the rank every day. It was just all laughs. And even the coaching staff was like that too. And Rob Wilson kind of just took over and Peterborough there and he changed everything around. He's probably the best coach I've ever had. And just the way he kind of turned that whole organization around in less than two years was insane. Um, but yeah, we went in that and on the power play, I was just dishing pucks to Robbie and Akil. We picked up Akil at the deadline and 
we were so stacked. Our power play was like a dream power play. I could just give the puck to anyone and just pretty much cross my fingers for a point and it'd go in. So um, I was fortunate that way, but um, it was a great year. It was a breakout year for me too. I kind of started dominating the OHL that year. Um, and I think my name was kind of just being tossed around more after that year. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the year that kind of got me signed just because it was a breakout year for me and uh, definitely building a lot of confidence just off that year. Yeah. Do you think so, you guys would have been Barry? Oh, yeah. No chance. Barry, 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 Barry takes them in four if we play. <laughs> Barry's not even in the playoffs. With big 11 Barry, up Barry is sneaky five seed if we had to play playoffs that year. Yeah, yeah Barry was a dark horse. Mm-hmm. Well, so, I mean, Chiz, you kind of touched on it, but, you you know, you earned that contract. Hilly got one, too, and I want to ask, I mean, I guess, Chiz, we'll start with you. Do you make any big purchases, reward yourself? Like, what do you do with that that contract money? A couple of trackers? Uh, I think I went and bought clubs right away. I need a nice new set of clubs, so I went and bought a full set of AP3s right away. And then yeah, they helped. Just, yeah, <laughs> they, they, did. they didn't do anything, so – but um, I can only dream. And then I went and bought a belt. Other than that, I've just been saving and paying for tra- – I had to pay for training, and now I'm on uh, 48%, so times are tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> buying, buying dogs, paying for yeah. dogs. <laughs> what about you, Hillier? Any uh, Anything to reward yourself? Not really, honestly. Like, I don't think I – I probably spent more this year, like, just, like, on my, my body and stuff. Like, I – just bought like this uh, this cooling mattress. It's called like Uller. Um, it like cools your your hey, body no temperature. Hashtag yeah, free ad. Free ad. Uh, it cools your body <laughs> temperature, so you can kind of get you know good sleep uh, each night, and um, that's really important for for us. But I don't know. I really spent too much uh, too much money. I'm trying to save it. It's, it's I mean, it seems like a lot of money, but it's not a terrible amount of money. So uh, let's see the shoes. He's lying. Uh, I got a pair of shoes too, actually. <laughs> it's good that you guys are both responsible that way. And I just want to say like, the reason I ask is our partners at Gavin hockey, well, specialists believe that your goals matter after hundreds of early morning practices and countless hours on the ice or in the gym, you truly earned your success and you deserve to enjoy it for over 20 years. The team at Gavin has assisted professional hockey players with setting goals and more importantly, providing them with a game plan to achieve them, whether it's a house, a car, a cottage, or even supporting your family. It's all within reach when you partner with a pro. Check them out at gavingroup.ca. And yeah, I know we, we just talked about contracts and stuff and me and uh, the boys golfed a few times this year at our club, Oshawa golf club. And actually a funny story just came to my mind uh, about, about Hilly golfing. And he, uh, so we're, he, he underestimates like how far he can hit his club sometimes. And uh, he hits the ball super high. So we're on like, we're on the 18th hole at our course. It's a par three and it's only, it's only like 180 yards. And Hilly pulls hybrid and like, it's the start of the year. We're like, dude, like you don't need like hybrid. Like you'd net, you'd hit like a six iron here, max. And he's like, no, I'm hitting hybrid. It's going to be perfect. So this guy tees it up and um, we're like, it's going to be way long. So we're just figuring it's just going to go into the back mound or something. If he hits it good, this guy crushes the ball or ass. It, it flies and hits the clubhouse on the fly. Just no like way. absolutely dummies the clubhouse. Tell him about it, Hilly. Yeah, I honestly thought it was breaking a window. I think it like it hit a couple things. I remember hearing a big bang. I think it was maybe the top of the building, but it, it ricocheted off a few things. And yeah, I, I didn't know I had that much power either. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, Hilly yeah. can hit some bombs on the course uh, when he connects. And I mean, 
such as hit a few good ones, a few bad ones. The AP three sometimes came to play, but <laughs> they were a bit yeah, questionable. I play a banana hook every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. give me a give me a dog leg left. I'm money. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're set up for one one hole per course. So yeah. cards. Maybe this could be a good uh for our second video after we get the Perfetti Byfield match. Maybe this could be our our round two. Oh. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do our only little golf match thing. So me and Rask yeah, keep you boys on. Yeah, yeah. At OGC. Yeah, we'll go at OGC. Nice. All right. Um, okay, and we'll just kind of. I know, like for for the listeners who don't know, Chiz and Hilly have been like boys, boys, like really tight since a young age. But how how young were you guys when you became buddies? Uh, probably uh, like first year. Ah, uh, maybe even house league. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I think we got close. Was like probably super second, close. Like second year in Clarington is when we started, yeah. probably. Yeah, and like so obviously, which was you know, because it went select sevens. It went that, and then oh. something else, and then what was it? Novice. Novice. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> good. To, good to clear that up. So uh, I guess we're gonna we're gonna talk about like how close you are and see uh, see how well you guys know each other a little bit or what pisses each other off. So. We'll start with Chiz. What does Hilly do that pisses you off? Um, hmm. Nothing. <laughs> no, he does. He does a lot. Uh, roll down the windows. Oh, it's I got one. Freezing. This, guy. this guy, I'm telling you, when we're driving home from training on the 407, he will roll down the windows, put the child lock on, and keep him down <laughs> to his tire drive. It pisses <laughs> me guy. off so much. This guy legit sleeps on command. Like I can't even have a conversation with this guy. We're, we're driving like an hour each way to train every day, and I'm just talking to myself the entire time because he's out like a light. Like maybe just just sleep the night before. <laughs> he's gonna, it's gonna be even worse this morning. Yeah. Six in the morning. I'm not driving. I'm taking advantage of that. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. I don't. I don't blame you there. So we'll we'll get into the second one here. Um, Chiz, what would Hilly be doing if uh, he wasn't a hockey player? There's literally nothing that guy can do. I, I, was gonna, I think I on. had something, but would you would you have Kirk? I was gonna say a vet just because friends yeah. in the family. Well, my sister's doing that, so there's there's no room for me. Got a few dogs though. Yeah, no, we know you have your fair share of dogs. You gotta you gotta teach Chiz the ways tricks of the trade there. Well, I'll be dropping over at the hills the Hillis house often. <laughs> and then how about you, Hilly? What would Chiz be doing if he wasn't a player? Uh Jeez. Working with Dave Black? Model? Is that what it is? Is that what you said? <laughs> you and Davey Black going to the business. <laughs> yeah, getting in there. That a boy. Um, okay, who has better style on and off the ice? I think I do. Like, let's, be, let's, be, let's be honest a bit here. I think – I mean, it's tight. Like, we both have pretty good style. Okay, so – I think Hilly's got more prep style compared yeah. to me and then yeah you're, you're more of a different style like kind of a dad style <laughs> a dad style no no <laughs> that's funny man the, the flannel um, yeah he likes the flannel I, I do like to mix in a good flannel every once in a while especially if he's at um budweiser stage he's getting a flannel going <laughs> i've seen cards you know a couple flannels there yeah no i'm not a, not afraid to rock the flannel now and again shorts fairies i think i've seen cool. them in that outfit a couple of times yeah. <laughs> <With the mullet. laughs> yeah. pretty typical outfit i mean who hasn't worn it um yeah. but okay and then our last one here um chiz do you know hilly's pre-game meal 
and vice versa. Um, I don't know if he still does this, but he would always order penne pasta with butter and chicken parm. Like you just get parma on it too. And it was the plainest thing ever. You'd only eat that. I don't know what you still eat that. No, I don't. But like, no. like I, I did do that a lot. Like just, just butter, just drench it with butter, get a few pieces of chicken on there. But yeah. Uh, How about Chiz, Hilly? What does he eat? Chiz is I think Chiz, you're a chicken parm guy, no? Yeah, I'd be a chicken parm guy. That was a good guess. All right, good job, boys. Good job. Um got you through the, the friend quiz there, a little friend quiz for the boys. And uh we got we got a surplus of fan questions here. And I mean yeah. Kep's chiming in, so that's never a good sign. But uh, I'll let Rask take that over. Yeah, we got um a lot of fan questions this week so just i picked i think like eight or nine but yeah we'll start with cap ethan kevin for the listeners he asked a couple both of them to hilly actually but first question i don't even know if this is gonna be funny but who bailed on a skate and still paid for it uh well he did actually we uh yeah he did bail on his sk- oh no no he didn't our instructor did Cap man, if Cap's <laughs> listening to this, he's got to dial in his questions a bit better here. Well, yeah. wait, I I gotta give. He put hint. It was Johnny Simone. Does that help? Yeah, okay. That's that's what I thought he was getting at. Like we uh, yeah, we had a little issue, and then it got resolved. But we ended up soaking the skate. I think it was in the car for that one. On the, on the phone with <laughs> this was in the car. That's yeah. I can't remember now. Chiz was supposed to come to the skate, but then he bailed last second because he was sick. I think, but I think you were okay, maybe, but. We ended up having to soak the rest of that money. So that was it. <laughs> okay. And then um, one more from Kep. He, he goes, he says, who's the guy that's willing to sign his goalie out of school to skate with him? That's me. We had this uh, we had this goalie. He was like, I think he might have been in 10th grade or something like that. But, like, I was really struggling for a goalie at the start of quarantine because he just wants someone to shoot on him. We, uh, I was really trying to get this kid out of school. Like I was willing to go pick him up and stuff and, uh, it never happened, but I think, I think the parents didn't, didn't let it happen. They thought it was a little creepy, but Hilly's calling and pretend to be the guy's dad. Like, no, hey, yeah, I, I was, uh, I was messaging him on Instagram and everything like, like a couple times a day and just, he, yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> oh man. That's funny. Um, so we got the the standard question we get every week. Everyone wants to know what stick you use and what specs. So, uh, Chiz, we'll start with you. Uh, the Trigger 5, CCM Trigger 5. And um, I have a three-quarter height blade with a P28 curve. All right. And Hilly? Yeah, yeah I'm the same thing, except for a righty and no uh, – I use a normal blade uh, and uh, P90, P90 curve. Okay simple um oh this next one's good I, i'm just reading them right now this next one's good yeah this one made me laugh so hilly for you again do you own a pair of shorts with an inseam larger than <laughs> who is this one from this is from fats or what uh, i don't remember who asked it i didn't write it down honestly oh hilly would get ripped at the course just because this guy yeah. has tree trunk legs and he's just gonna burst his shorts open he's just walking around <laughs> yeah like in my defense, like I've had those shorts for a few years and like I just couldn't find any shorts in the store, I guess. But I don't know. They made, they made my legs look pretty good. That's all that matters. <laughs> just walking past the cart girl a few times. Oh, um, no. Not of those you see. Okay, got one for Chiz now. So what's your favorite thing about Peterborough, whether it's like 
in the city or the actual organization, but favorite thing there? Yeah, long, hard look at this one, Chiz. <laughs> no, I think, I think it'd be the rank. A lot of people, I mean, you're an away team coming to that rank. You do not want to play there. Worst, um, worst barn in the O. Yeah, like square, the corners are square. I mean, it's it's ancient. They're they're rebuilding a rank, I think, in the next few years. But, I'm, I mean, if you're playing there for the Peets, there's nothing better. I mean, the fans are great. The playoff atmosphere there was great. Um, you really get used to the boards and the bounces. So, I mean, it's an advantage for sure. And um, half the time, the, the other team's packing it anyways after you score one because they're like, let's just get out of here. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he's no, actually he's not wrong man no, there's, there is there's a huge home ice advantage we heard it in barry last year cards like people would always say like like we're going to piro this sucks you know but yeah, yeah. Like, you don't want to go to piro that's that that's actually a great answer um okay this is an interesting one uh is there a workout that stands out for you guys as like the most helpful cards that you can answer this to for your development on the ice i guess uh hilly we'll start with you well what do you mean workout on the ice? Like skill no, stuff? I mean like or... off ice workout that stands out as helping you on the ice. Oh. Uh I don't know. We do a lot of good stuff at Gary's. I think uh like trap bar is pretty good for someone like me who needs like a, a lower base and everything. Skater squats, like single leg stuff, I think is is all pretty good. I mean I mean most trainers know what they're doing um at this stage. So it's all pretty pretty relative to what you need. Chiz, what about you? Anything? Yeah, I think the single leg stuff is huge. I mean, it helps with your stride and just um, stability out there. But I think the uh, speed work is where you really take a difference from getting quick to being like really fast. I mean, your explosiveness and your reaction time changes a lot. And I think, I mean, the, Lucas, uh, Gary's, he works with us for speed work. And it's a lot of like hurdles and uh, quick feet stuff and working with cones and just a lot of sprints. But I think that's the best part about the off season. I mean, that's how you get fast. Yeah. For me, it's like, there's no point in really doing legs at all. Just do bench press as much as you can. Yeah, no, my, my bench is over there. I, I would hop on for the boys, but um, uh, no. Um, yeah. But um uh, actually, no, like I, I found cardio to be huge and it was a big impact on my season this year. Like I, my parents got the Peloton bike thing. So it's just doing that all the time and just like getting your cardio up so you can be fresh in the third period is just a huge thing. And that goes along with just having strong legs and yeah, good, uh, good stamina out there. Those are some good answers, actually. Good job. Um, I got a, uh, Hey, let's see, you have a fave memory in Guelph. It says probably winning uh, the championship i would assume yeah but. definitely definitely winning the championship i think the parade we had after was was pretty cool like the whole city of guelph was out there and we were in trucks with the trophy and uh <laughs> yeah it was crazy it was uh it was pretty memorable for sure um okay for both of you guys how big of a step is it to jump into the ahl compared to when you jumped into the ohl like is it kind of similar or do you find it a lot different i guess uh chiz start with you uh um I mean, I don't, I didn't think it was that crazy of a jump. I think the biggest difference is just uh, obviously the speed and strength. I mean, I'm getting hit way harder every time I'm making a play, especially against Laval over there. I mean, they don't stop chipping the puck in and hitting. So I think that's the biggest difference. I, I didn't think it was a huge jump as in like you really notice the difference in like making plays. 
I think it's just like the speed and strength. Yeah, I would say similar to that. I think it's a lot more detail oriented. Like you really got to know the details of the game and your assignments. And for me, it was just learning a lot more about the D zone this year and, and really just being solid and, you know, my 200 foot game. So I think just, it all comes with experience too. I mean, the more you play, the more experience, the more comfortable you feel out there. So I think for some guys it's, it's a process and um, it just comes with time. I don't know if you guys have ever gotten any fights, but this question is toughest guy you've ever fought. You guys have any good fight stories? I have fought. I think you're asking the wrong guys. Okay. I wasn't sure. I mean, you guys are the <laughs> skill guys. I figured, I figured Chiz, maybe you'd mix it up. Cause you're, you know, you're oh. big body. Chiz, you but... fought, didn't you? I mean, I got jumped one time by Gru, but like I didn't even, I threw one punch and the guy didn't even hit me once. He was just throwing a hundred miles an hour and missing me every, like with every punch, but I wouldn't right. consider that a fight. <laughs> I thought he knocked it out. <laughs> he one punched um, him, Hilly. He one punched yeah. him. He's forgetting the story. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. I can't yeah. remember the story. <laughs> um, and la- last fan question. And, uh, well, what's it like playing without fans this year? And even in the little rink sometimes, like, is that, is that a challenge for you guys, Hilly? Well, it's not. It's, I wouldn't say it's a challenge to get up for games or anything like that, but I, I definitely think it's you notice something that's missing. I mean, the fans bring so much to, to each game, and uh, I think especially for Laval this year, like we got such a good team that I can just imagine if we had fans in the building, what it would mean to the city. Um, but, I mean, I mean, I miss, I miss the fans a lot in the building, and, and hopefully – I mean, that'll come with, with time here in the next you know, several months and, and year, but I definitely think it's a, it's a big game changer. Chiz, what about you? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, just like Montreal and Winnipeg, hockey's the pride and joy here and basically what everyone wants to be watching or doing. Um, I really miss the fans. I think it's, uh, it's a crazy difference when the boys score a goal and you just hear a few woos and like a few, yeah, like, but, like, <laughs> you're not as excited and the momentum doesn't change as much when there's no fans. And I think that's just the biggest difference without all the fans. And, um, and it just makes the night more exciting I mean, you get more amped up, I think just a little bit more every night when there's fans in the building. And especially if it was a normal year, I mean, we'd be playing in the jets rink because they share the same facilities. So, I mean, that'd be pretty cool to be playing there every night with fans. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, um, Kind of before I wrap it up, that's it for the fan questions. But I know, Hilly, I I don't know all the details of it, but I know you got your own like charitable foundation or, or something. Do you want to just touch on it and, and tell us what you're doing and where people can check it out? Yeah, so I kind of got the idea that year. Uh, I was injured a bunch and didn't play in the, in the championship run. Uh, I think it just kind of made me appreciate the game that much more and, and want me to want to give back to, to as many kids as I can. So. I've uh, partnered with Jumpstart uh, Canadian Tire, and um, our goal is to just get as many you know youth kids as we can into sports and, and give them an opportunity to play. Because I mean, Chiz going to test those two cards. I mean, yourself, like sports means so much to us, and um, just just any chance I can get to to give back to them is is what I'm hoping to do. So um, we have we have social media accounts. Um, there's links in the bio to to donate. And, um, hopefully with uh, with maybe COVID settling down a little bit. Um, I can kind of get out and do a little more things that, that I'd like to do because it's tough right now with, with everything going on to, to kind of be, be out there and, and, and do physical things with the kids. So um, that's, that's something to comment and hopefully I can do that very soon. 
Jen, we didn't tell you before, but uh, that ad just costed you a hundred bucks. So uh, we'll be <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> no but no, um, me and Rask will definitely put a tag. We'll tag Hilly's Foundation on the Instagram and Twitter. So yep. everyone who's listening, if go check it out and definitely go support to a great cause. Actually, I just have a quick question, guys, before we move on. But just how did partnering with Jumpstart, like how did that even start? Was it, was it your plan to partner with someone or did you want to start it on your own? Like how did that come about? Um, I think I wanted to partner with, with someone reputable like that. Um, I mean, they, they have a great track record. I know Taves does a, does a lot of things with them and, um, they just had a lot of success in the past. So, um, at least to start out, I really wanted to, to partner with someone like them. And, um, I worked with, uh, Steph Karate. She was, uh, our, uh, media person in Guelph and, uh, she's, she's really kind of helped me spearhead this whole thing. So she, she does a lot behind the scenes to, to help everything out. Yeah, that's awesome. And. I guess with that being said, that pretty much wraps it up for the interview portion. I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, from our sponsors, our presenting sponsor, Axel Watches, um, their Jason guy, um, will be sending you guys two watches of, of your choice. You guys will be looking good uh, going into your games to add to your uh, your style. I know Chiz, Chiz might have to look, shop for a dad watch, and you, know, <laughs> you, can, you can go for a more stylish one, but uh, no, those, those will be on the way soon, and we just wanted to say uh, thanks a lot for coming on. It's great catching up with you, boys. Thanks for having us on, boys. Really appreciate uh, it. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Cheers. All right. And I want to thank Cam Hillis and Declan Chisholm for that. That was an awesome interview and fun to hear from those guys and, and just two funny guys doing well in the AHL. So pretty cool one to have on. What do you think of that? Yeah, it's always good to talk to those guys. I mean, I spend a lot of time with them in the summer and where I was shooting the and stuff so looking forward to them being home probably in maybe just over a month when the ahl season's over so gonna be happy to have them in the stomping grounds here around curtis bowmanville clarington area but uh no definitely good to catch up with them and they're really well spoken for how much they they're normally bickering at each other all, <laughs> all the time in the summer so they kept it together a little bit today and uh definitely made for a good interview and i, I was really pleased with that one yeah, that's funny. And and yeah, when they're home, I mean, if we do get a golf match going with those guys, I think that'd be great content right there. So yeah, man. And speaking about golf, um, we had the masters and uh, what a weekend it was, man. Oh my it, God. It was, it was interesting. And you know, Hideki made it a, a close one down the stretch, but I did want to add, I remember, I think I mentioned it last week, I was doing a golf pool and it was just $20 buy-in and I ended up winning. I saw um, that, and, yep. and Rask, Rask was in the pool too. And, uh, I so did okay. He he fell he fell to defeat of my knowledge, my golf knowledge over him there. But uh, no, I'm super happy to take home the prize there. But one thing I wanted to touch on: we said you were going to learn three things. What did you pick up? What three things? Yeah, dude, I learned way more than three things. By the way, give us give us your best three. Okay, but first of all, I just want to say this is my first time actually watching golf, and for the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I watched the whole thing. Like I did, I was glued to it, dude. It was insane. And people, people are sleeping on golf, man. Once you get into it, start to learn the players, learn the nuances of the game. Great sport to watch. It was, it was so exciting. And um, actually I'll say something too, after I say these three things, but I mean, one of the big things I learned, I think was just a short game and the different styles of chipping, which I didn't really learn. I mean, you hear the broadcasters kind of talk about it, whether they're going to, Oh, like they have the option to play, you know, the high loft, or maybe they'll run it down low and, you know, you see people chip off the front and back foot. So that's something you pick up. They mention, and, um, you know, like chipping for loft off the front and chipping for kind of keep it low off the back, stuff like that. And I, I noticed a lot of people, I don't know if you can help me answer this one, but after every time they like pick their ball up before 
Like they put their ball marker down to putt, pick up the ball. They're tapping in front of it with the, their putter. You notice that? Yeah. Like right in, what's that for? Uh, spike marks on the green. So as everyone knows, you wear golf shoes on the course. And you were asking me the other day how important golf shoes are. And it gives you traction to swing clubs, but it also marks the green because there's spikes going into the green and the green's such a flat manicured surface. So groups before are going to be walking on it. And uh, if that happens to be in your line, you pat, pat the spike marks down. So it doesn't interfere with the roll of your ball on the way, uh, on the way to the hole when you're putting. So there you go. Learned another. And then also another one with putting actually, and this is a good tip for the listeners. Cause I mean, I don't know if everyone knew this, but I didn't know it, but they focus so much. And they talked about it a bit in the broadcast about lining up the line on your ball with the, the putter line. And you focus on hitting it straight basically with that. Like you can aim where you want to hit by looking at the line on the ball. Um, which I didn't, I just hit the ball. So that's something I'm going to try tomorrow when I'm out there golfing. Like, did everyone know that except me cards? You're laughing. <laughs> I think, I think the most of the population might know that one, but <laughs> Hey, we got a lot of hockey players here. So I'm sure, I'm sure you taught a few people, a few things by, by mentioning that, but that's something I've been doing since I was six years old. Um, I, I mean, you just, you pick a spot on the green, you kind of try to visualize the line and then, and then you place the line on your ball down on that line and then just hit that putt straight back, straight through. And if you got the right speed paired up with the right read, a lot of times it's going in the hole and hate to say it, but pretty much every time I'm dialed in on nice greens, there ain't much missing going on inside 20 feet. Yeah, dude, their putting is really impressive. And I want to say before we kind of wrap it up, man, I've, I have a favorite golfer now and will zalatoris dude he is my favorite right off the bat i love this guy he was so good man do you know anything about this guy leading into this so what i do know is last year at this time he was just on the web.com tour corn fairy tour now it's called and it's like the ahl of the of the pga tour essentially for for the listeners who don't know and this guy was a star in the making um everyone said the best ball striker i think he went to wake forest um, scholarship there, all American there, just an outstanding player. And it was just a matter of time before he kind of broke onto the scene, got onto the PGA tour and just kind of took over. And now I've seen for this week, the RBC heritage. I mean, I sound like a golf analyst right now, but, uh, only five players I think are ahead of him. The odds makers have him as the sixth highest ranked player and going into the field next week. So, as a guy who doesn't even have full status until maybe I think the masters would have helped with that a lot, but um, full status on the PGA tour, he's definitely making a big splash and he, he's going to break out here soon. And when he hits the ball too well, not to, and his putter looks, he looks confident. He, he was the only player at Augusta this week to shoot four rounds under par. So you got to give him a lot of credit. And he looks hilarious. He looks like happy Gilmore's caddy. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> funny. That went viral. Um, just one more. I, I Snapchatted you, but I, I actually played Augusta the other night. You see that? Yeah, no, it was pretty cool that you got on during the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> me, and, me and the boys were playing PGA 2K21. We went to play Augusta. So, you know, felt like I was there. We actually dialed it in super seriously like we were there. But, um, yeah, no, you've, uh, you've turned me into a golf guy now. So I'm, I'm pretty fired up to watch some more golf and definitely get playing tomorrow. But I think with that being said, we can kind of wrap it up. Cards, you want to take it away? Yeah, I mean, we kind of turned it into a bit of a golf podcast here at the end, but uh, we'll bring her back to hockey next week. So definitely stay tuned. And we definitely got a uh, a big episode coming for you guys next week. Super excited to bring that to you and uh, just everyone enjoy this week. And uh, we're working towards summer. So that's a positive thing. Have a good week, guys. <laughs>